You are listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show in support of European-level actions within the skeptical movement. The ESP is run by individuals representing different skeptical groups from across the continent. This is episode number 93. I'm your host, Andras Pinter, and joining me for the show are my co-hosts, Jelena Levin and Pontus Böckmann. Buongiorno! Всем привет! Hey, son, hey, son! And we have someone else to greet here. I don't have an, the slightest idea how it sounds in Czech, but Claire Klingenberg is with us. Yoo-hoo! Zdravim! Ooh, okay, oh, that, is, that, that is how it sounds. Okay. Great. <laughs> 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 the reason for me to say buongiorno instead of siastok was that I'm still in Italy in Cesena for Chicap Fest. Ooh. I, I just can, cannot ha- get enough of these uh, skeptical conventions. Mm. That's, that's they're, my they're problem. They're the best. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, how are you, Claire, after the end of the European Skeptics Congress, for which you were mostly responsible? <laughs> well, <laughs> tired. <laughs> I would but, have guessed. Um, no. Yeah, no, no, I am so happy everything went so well and that everyone had such a good time and feedback we're getting is really positive. So I'm really, really happy that uh, everyone really enjoyed the Congress. So mm. all superlatives. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. we had a fantastic time. It was great. Good, good to hear that. Even the anonymous um, critique is still positive. And when you get anonymous comments that are positive, it means it was really good. (laughs) Yeah, but the fun can continue on. As I said during the Congress, and I think I probably said it as well on this show, uh, all the talks were recorded and they will be placed on YouTube. So that's going to be fun to watch. For me, because I didn't get to see anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and for those who missed a couple of talks like me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or for people who weren't there at all. What were you doing? Well, I, I was I was late for the first half of the Friday because uh, of the flights. You know, when you choose the cheap flights, like with Ryanair, it's always something. <laughs> yeah, it's never a good choice, Ryanair. <laughs> so tell us, Claire, you also got... Uh... Uh, a promotion, I would say. You were, you're now the chairman of the of the of EXO, the European Ca- Council of Skeptical Organizations. Have you had even had time to start thinking about that? Um, yeah, I mean, actually, today I just heard the interview I gave right after I found out, <laughs> and uh, you can tell that I'm still like really submerged into Congress and like really task oriented. Okay, we have to do this, this, this and this. So now finally a week later, <laughs> it had actually time to settle in and I kind of realized, well, I knew it before, but now it really settled in what an honor it is and um, how grateful I am for this opportunity and uh, with also what a big responsibility this is going to be and is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be very so. interesting to work with you, actually, in, in the future, yeah. since both Andras and myself is also couldn't stay away. So, Indeed. so it'll be very, very interesting to see what we can do with uh, 
with this organization. Yes, it will be, definitely. <laughs> so I'm very excited about that. I would like to make a request for all the listeners, uh, especially for those who went to the Congress and especially those who went to watch the YouTube videos of the Congress talks, so the people who actually didn't go to the Congress. The film crew we had there, um, they, did, they filmed the whole thing uh, for free. And um, they are from a Czech university and they are up for grant money for a program that they want to push, which is widening the curriculum of uh, their media field into teaching skeptical thinking and critical analysis of information. And it would be a great help to them if different skeptics made short videos why it's important to be a critically thinking journalist or to have critical thinking in the media. So I would like to ask everyone Please uh, spare them uh, 30 seconds of your time and just make a short video. You can post it uh, on our Congress page or you can send it to me or somehow you can, tw you can tweet it at us as well. Um, and we would like to collect these videos and if anyone else ever in the future needs similar help, we can already have these videos prepared for them as well. And is there a deadline, Claire? Yeah, if you could do it within the month, that would be amazing if you could do it by November 1st. Okay, excellent. And we will, guys, we will do our own video, won't we? That'll be Absolutely. awesome. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. Mm -hmm. Randy already did his at the Congress, so... <laughs> excellent, yeah. Very good, very good. He, he does have a lot to say about the importance of critical thinking and um, skepticism, so... It's, yeah. yeah it's, it's good to have him on your side. <laughs> so getting back to the, the new board of uh, EXO, what do you expect in the future to, to happen with it? Uh, Hopefully, you're going to be the driving force behind whatever happens to it. So, have you got any plans formulated yet? World domination of skeptics? or? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, um, Brian from the Edinburgh Skeptics, when he was um, congratulating me, he said, you know, oh, praise the evil overlord of European skeptics or something like that. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. no. Um, so, the basic aim of my plan, which I will write, uh, you know, out in detail and send to everyone and, and publish it uh, publicly so people can actually see what the plan is. But the main idea of it is um, to strengthen communication between EXO and its members and strengthen communication mm -hmm. between mem the members themselves, member organizations themselves, and mm -hmm. to do a better job of sharing information, sharing resources, and um, implementing s certain projects that would be for all member organizations to participate in. Uh, you know, like there was the March for Science or, you know, uh, a couple of years back, the homeopathic overdose. Um, and also focus a lot, a lot more, a little bit more, depends, depends on which country, uh, on education of kids and, of, uh, and more outreach towards uh, the younger generation. <laughs> I, it's kind of weird for me to say younger generation when I'm 25, but uh, yeah, <laughs> the younger generation. <laughs> and um, what about the legislative issues? I mean, um, it varies from country to country, but um, obviously um, a lot of those legislations are directed or, or at least guideline by the EU. Yeah, so definitely, um, of course, EXO has to become a stronger partner for uh, member organizations, both on their national level and both on their European level. So mm -hmm. um, kind of my vision is to make EXO 
into a force to be reckoned with uh, or you know a discussion partner a serious discussion partner when uh, talking about legislation that involves you know education uh, science climate change and a pr protection of the environment mm -hmm. because we have so many wonderful people within the skeptic organizations who are top of you know top experts in certain fields and it's a shame that their expertise is not being put into use on a European level. Totally agree. Yeah, great, great. Sounds like a great thing. <laughs> yeah. So what's next for you Me? personally? Personally? Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> well, the QED is next actually uh, in two weeks. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited to go to a Congress that I'm not organizing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a big, that's a big, big plus. <laughs> Uh, but you will be giving a skeptic camp talk. Oh yeah, you? yeah, yeah! I want to do a small uh, skeptic camp talk about um, EXO and about uh, better uh, what can the skeptic organizations do to uh, become better partners to each other. Sounds very good. Yeah, I I'm actually going to kind of uh, continue with the talk you started last year, Andras, about building a bridge across Europe. So yeah, kind of following in your uh, idea footsteps. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> so the, uh, QED is coming up next, and I'm like I said, even though I'm going to be giving a very short talk at Skeptic Camp, I'm looking forward to enjoying it and to actually talking to people, which I didn't have a chance to do at at the last Congress. Not beyond. Okay, food is here. The bus leaves at this time. <laughs> Please leave the auditorium. So I am looking forward to more fulfilling conversations. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm very happy to have had you on the show, Claire. And uh, I'm really looking forward to, uh, just as Pontus said, I, I can join him in that. Um, I'm really looking forward to working with you um, on EXO and uh, and meeting you at QED very soon. Yay. Um, and even though I'm not part of the EXO board, um, I, uh, I'm i here to support uh, EXO in whatever they might need. Uh, and um, I wish you all the best and I'm sure you'll do an amazing job. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was great talking to you again, guys. And um, I hope to see you at QED too. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. And, uh, and if there is any kind of update um, in the future, um, you know how to reach us. Yes. And uh, we are more than happy to give platform to anything that's going on with EXO. Because, uh, yeah, oh, obviously, we're all, all for that. So, yeah, thanks very much again for joining us and uh, see you soon. All right, see you soon. All right. Bye bye. bye see you soon. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, um, she's so energetic. I admire that. <laughs> yeah. You know who, who else is so, such a huge amount of energy? Susan Gerbig. <laughs> yeah, tell us about your red latest adventures there. You've been on the road now for a week. Yeah, yeah. How is it? How, how, how's how it been? It? How's it been? It's been a week. Well, it was it was fascinating. I really love every moment of it. And uh, we visited Göttingen where uh, Rüdiger Ludwig hosted um, an event, and uh, they organized everything. It, it was brilliant. We really liked the the, the dynamics of this um, uh, little chat. I don't know if you managed to follow it online. Yeah, with some of it, yes, there was seems to be a lot happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and they were very active. The uh, the audience was 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 very communicative, and and they were very responsive. Really liked that event. And uh, our hosts were super nice to us. Uh, we even got to sleep at uh, Rüdiger's place. 
So I, I cannot thank him enough. Um, I wanted to record an interview with him, but everything was going so fast that um, I decided that, uh, or we decided that uh, we're going to have him on the show at some point. Um, talking about that, uh, it, it just needs some uh, organization as well. But then we went on to Frankfurt, where uh, we met um, Scotty and uh, Annika from uh, the. Uh, they are newly uh, joined members of Guerrilla Skepticism on Wikipedia, and we went together to see the Natural History Museum in Frankfurt. And then on the same evening, Holmgar Humla. Uh, organized a, a bit of a, a gathering for um, uh, local skeptics where only two of them came but uh, but we were still happy to meet them and uh, the next day we went to Darmstadt and you know what's what's in Darmstadt that is a mm -mm. large European organization a group no yeah that's but that's not not European that's German uh, but that is ESA the European Space Agency's Operation Center. Oh, amazing. Oh, yeah, I saw those pictures. And we went to visit that, uh, thanks to Lubo, uh, who were in contact with them earlier. And well, I was so excited. I was like, I, I, I was like a fanboy, um, a little child who's so excited about the whole thing. <laughs> I almost weed myself. So <laughs> it was so brilliant. And then we went on to uh, visit uh, the group headquarters. Martin Mana was very kind to to see us there and they have a whole office and in the office they have a, a massive collection of documents and books and everything that was fascinating i was amazed and it, it's very well kept and uh, that's how that's the, the control center of group the, the german skeptical organization so we shot a little bit of a video i also have um, an interview that i'd like to run at some point so it was really lovely and then on the same afternoon we visited uh, Heidelberg Castle together with um, Natalie Grams who's uh, the, the leader of their uh, homeopathy information network project yeah and she took us to um, the pharmacy museum where we saw original vials with uh, original uh, homeopathic remedies made by Hahnemann. Were they still empty? <laughs> no, they're not empty. <laughs> Nothing in it, I mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have those little drops, the, the sugar... Pills. Pills, uh, the teeny tiny ones. Yeah, so she was very nice. And then we went on to, to Switzerland, Zurich, where the next day uh, we had held an event that was also um, available to see online. Uh, live on Facebook. And then we ended up here in Chikapfest, which has been quite an experience, especially for me, that I, I do understand a lot of Italian, so I understand most of the, the talks, but uh, while well, my speaking is still uh, is still at a much lower level. A bit shaky, so I, yeah. But so, oh, I, even though that's still true yesterday last night at dinner i i had conversations with people about our podcast and and about the european level skepticism in italian terrible italian i have to add but uh, <laughs> so that, that was all sorts of mistakes that i made but i'm pretty sure i could make myself uh, understood oh good so i i quite enjoyed and uh 
every single day we meet Randy like three times and uh, <laughs> he's around. You know what's, what's absolutely amazing? To see him not being the superstar at the event. Just being participant and kind of being there, yeah? But you know why that is? No. Because more people know another, another person, Piero Angela, than, than they know him. Hmm. Huh. So he's not known enough to be a superstar here, but th that guy, Piero Angela, who's lived his whole life, mm. uh, he's been a science educator for seven, uh, 50 years. Wow. And he's a massive superstar all over the country. So he's completely unapproachable. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Because you cannot, you cannot get a moment with him. He's very nice and he's approachable in that sense, but but it's just he's busy, yeah. It's impossible to get close enough to him to to even yeah. consider an interview. Yeah. So that much of a superstar he is, and uh, a lot of people don't even know who Randy is who are participating in this event, and that is a weird experience because everywhere we go in the skeptics community, uh, everyone knows who Randy is, right? Hmm. So that's an interesting experience. But we are moving on tomorrow. The, the Congress ends this afternoon and uh, then we're moving on. Uh, we're driving through Ljubljana where we're going to meet uh, the Slovenian skeptics. Mm -hmm. And uh, the next day when we get home, the next day Susan is uh, giving a talk uh, for the Hungarian Skeptic mm -hmm. Society. Um, Andrew, so. I, I know it's a bit of a on-the-spot question, but do you know by any chance how many people came out to see you on your stops? Um, well, the, the greatest number of people were present in Göttingen. Mm -hmm. But the conversations we had and the panel discussions, I, I think they were pretty good. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had actual conversation and actual discussions that were things that will move, move us forward. Well, that's what I was going to say, the productive discussions that will help us uh, collaborate with, with the other European skeptic organizations. That's what's important, I guess. Yeah, and, and the feedback was very good. So they, they generally liked us. They generally liked the discussions that were going on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I, do, I don't know exactly the numbers, but I don't think that is what counts the most um, in, in general. And I hope that I, I hosts agree with that. Um, I'm, 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 we left with very, very positive feelings. And uh, I think it was it was very successful in, with regards to the, the the discussions and the lines of thought that that uh, we covered there. And some of the videos can be seen again on uh, Susan Gerbic's Facebook page. So yeah. Yeah, make sure that you check it out. I think there were quite a lot of people who follow this uh, online as well on on the different social yeah. media. So yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's just unbelievable that these guys have been at it for for more than two weeks. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, um, tell you they've got all the energy in the world. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, Mark is leaving us tomorrow though. Okay. Um, he needs to fly back home to to work. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna leave Susan. Uh, where while she's still in Hungary because I'm gonna come back to to work here in um, Italy, so it's ah it's crazy. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, moving on. Uh, I'm really I'm really happy that that we have decided to to do this. It's just massively massively exhausting. Yesterday uh, yesterday afternoon I I just had to go for a nap. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been that intense. Yeah. All right, so shall we crack on with this uh, episode? Yeah, indeed. Absolutely. Let's yeah. do this, guys. That means that uh, we have a 
a segment that's called This Week in Skepticism. And I'd like you, Yelena, to present it as usual. And I will. This week I want to talk about somebody who died on the 2nd of October 1958 and it was Marie Charlotte Carmichael Stopes. She was 77 years of age when she died. She was a British author, paleobotanist uh, and campaigner for eugenics and women's rights. So some of it sounds fine, some of it doesn't sound as good. (laughs) (laughs) What she did was actually quite revolutionary and uh, at the time when, when women's rights were still questionable and they didn't have many, Um, she opened the first family planning clinic in London and she provided uh, contraception advice to uh, women, married women. I I want to uh, highlight that point. It it was uh, one of her statements. It's only for married women. Mm -hmm. And uh, she uh, wanted uh, to educate women about sex and about contraception. And um, she opened the the clinics that spread uh, across UK very quickly. However, she was totally against abortions because she was a proponent of, uh, you know, controlling the birth rather than dealing with the unwanted birth pregnancies afterwards. She also believed that abortions were essentially killing, uh, murdering the the unborn kids, um, and therefore they were not acceptable. Um, however, uh, despite that, she's she's written a couple of uh, very controversial books in her time, and sh- uh, she had big clashes with the church. Uh, one of the books she written was Married Love or Love in Marriage, where she talks about the sex and uh, you know the controversial subject of the time. I know now, you if you go to the shops, th- these books are all over the place. But she was one of the first women who who wrote something like this, um, and she's been criticized by uh, criticized by the church and had fights with them about it, um, etc. So one of the reasons why she was so interested in uh, contraception was because she was a very pro-eugenics. Yeah. And she was uh, a part of eugenic society and she uh, advocated it uh, wherever she could. And uh, of course, th- this is a very, um, we- we've mentioned this subject on our podcast several times and it's a very touchy kind of uh, subject, but she um, believed that in this ideal world where only the most beautiful and fittest people survive. And one of the ways to make it work is to prevent people who are not right to conceive kids. So (laughs) um, she said as much as, you know, um, any unfit woman should be sterilized and that should be uh, made a law so that the the country should make it as well. So she, she was pretty out there with her ideas and um, she was anti-semitic uh, but that's I don't know how that really uh, relates to whatever she was doing it, it seemed to be the, the vibe of the times um, and <laughs> funnily enough she wrote to Hitler with her uh, book on um, marriage lo- uh, ma- married love saying love is the greatest thing in the world so you will accept from me these poems that you may allow the youngest people of your nation to have them it's very uh, I find it, it, it very ironic that she would do that she didn't she was She wasn't a follower of Hitler or didn't support his uh, politics or anything like that. She just wanted her clinics and her work to spread in Germany, but uh, it didn't. I think Hitler closed down all her clinics. So the um, another ironic thing that happened with her clinics uh, in 1970s, um, a lot of them were going into um, administration and were being bankrupt and clo- uh, closed down. And uh, in London, one of her clinics was saved um, by um, 
the guy called um, Tim Black, who stepped in uh, to save the, those clinics. And um, they became uh, one of the biggest providers of abortion. Um, hmm. of abortion in UK and of course uh, now we know the uh, Northern Ireland struggles of women to get the legal abortions there but uh, since recently they were now allowed to travel to England to pro uh, to get abortions in England and uh, Marie Stopes clinics in England were one of the first clinics to provide abortions to Northern Irish uh, women as well so how how much did this um, her movement changed since, since since she established her clinics when she was still alive and now it's uh, one of the biggest uh, in fact there is a Marie Stopes international uh, charity created all over the world um, that do exactly that they provide family planning advice um, contraception and abortions as well um, and we now know how important it is to have the legal abortions available to women because it, it just means that um, they there's less chance of of death and any other um, horrible uh, uh, complications that would would be a part of uh, illegal abortions. So there we go, uh, Marie Stopes with um, some you know extra extraordinary work that she's done and also some of the questionable views of hers. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, thank you very much for that. All right. Okay. Shall we move on to our news items? Let's do it. All right, let's start in the UK uh, with a, a measles update. We have several times talked about the current measles epidemic in Europe and how it is worse than in a very long time, thanks to the anti-vax movement. I'm sure we will talk about that again. However, uh, one little light in the darkness uh, comes from WHO, which on the 27th of September announced that the UK now has, uh, quote, eliminated measles end quote, for the first time. Now, we have to look into what that means. Um, uh, it means that for three years consecutively now, in their definition, the disease has stopped to circulate freely in the UK. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen there uh, or that it's been wiped out. Uh, but the cases that happens occurs in small clusters and are often brought from abroad and they point out specifically which country? Mm. Romania, that's correct. Romania <laughs> is the bad guys again when it comes to measles. Uh, so there were 500 cases in England last year and uh, 100 cases so far in the first six months. But still, uh, there are good news and uh, they have now recently, last week, also announced that uh, the UK have... Um, uh, reached 95% vaccination rate, which is the herd immunity required vaccination rate. And that... Uh, for no, measles, that is. For measles. For measles, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But it's still yeah, yeah. good news. It still doesn't mean people may misunderstand and think that measles is now no longer a problem in the UK. It still is, but uh, it's going in the right direction. That's good to hear. Hmm? Yes. I want to talk about the um, uh, the piece of news that affects all of the EU. Uh, and it's a good one. It's a good piece of news. Um, it comes from the European Academies of Science Advisory Council, who have published a statement to reinforce the criticism of the health and scientific claims made for homeopathic products and call upon policymakers to improve consumers' right to correct information. So this is 
excellent news because they based uh, their um, statement on hard evidence and the research that was uh, done over the years um, of all the uh, homeopathic medicine and uh, how they are they don't work basically and they outline the good practice and the statement notes that um, the mechanism of action claimed for homeopathy are implausible and inconsistent with established scientific concepts and there are no known diseases for which robust evidence exists that homeopathy is effective beyond placebo effect um, and so also they actually uh, bring the attention to promotion of homeopathy that can lead to harmful delay in getting effective medical care and can undermine public confidence in the nature and value of scientific evidence. And I think this third point is probably the point uh, that I found find the most important, and we talk about it a lot, uh, because it actually can lead to, to people dying from a disease that, that is curable by traditional methods. Hmm. Oh yeah, but you know this is this is a very good first step. But uh, I I do see that um, it, it it still won't change anything just now. So for that to change anything, you will have to have all the national author, uh, authorities get on board with this mm. and say that yes, we are just getting rid of all these. For example, the, the Hungarian um, uh, Pharmaceutical Council issued a statement mm -hmm. that they do agree with that and they sent letters to all the pharmacies advising them of the fact that the European Academy of Science Advisory Council issued this statement and that this should be taken into consideration. Mm -hmm. But still, as long as it's not regulated against... Um, it's it's not going to change anything. And you know why not? Because there is the European Medicines Agency that runs the database of, of medicine um, that lists a couple of homeopathic remedies as medicine. Hmm. So until that is fixed, we will not be able to achieve anything in this regard. Hmm. Uh, you can start on an individual level, but not on a European level. Hmm. So this no, but is it's just a good a statement. statement, of course. And as you say, it is a good statement Absolutely. because it ma makes it possible to refer to this statement Correct. when you debate local legislations, and, and gives it yeah. uh, uh, and gives it that weight, you know, that that needed uh, in in this discussion. Yeah, it does. It does. However, it's a it's a bit uh, a bit of a lazy kind of statement. So they didn't get into all that all the detail regarding the fact that that there have been. Um, studies and there have been clinical studies that that were done and that there were the meta-analyses and because um, it it communicates as if basically the, the door was still open for for a change if if the evidence comes in but no it it has been absolutely clear that that it doesn't work beyond placebo and um, so I would I would have emphasized a bit more the volume of data available on that, and um, that would have added even more weight to it. But um, yeah, we we need to work with this with whatever we have now, and we can start approaching our own national authorities and and try to push for a change. Yeah, and just to prove your point, Andras, there is a study, a new study from France that Edsard Ernst has written about, which just proves the point that people still will try to find 
beneficial claims regarding homeopathy. Uh, this study uh, is about anxiety and depression disorders, or ADD. And what they found in the study was that patients experienced more clinical improvement when they were taking homeopathy than when they were treated conventionally. And that treated homeopathy meant that they went to a homeopathic practitioner. But the effect was marginal and it can easily be explained, as Ed Sutherland points out, by the fact that homeopaths usually can and do spend more time with uh, their patients. And that is quite clearly a, a, a very good thing and that may lead to the, may explain this marginal uh, improvement. Uh, and it doesn't reflect on the, uh, on the actual homeopathic pill itself. But the other thing that they claim is, is rather amazingly a leap of logic. Uh, they claim very happily that people who went to homeopaths were not uh, likely to consume as much uh, psychotropic drugs. And that was seen as a good thing. Okay, but if you go to a guy who's not likely to prescribe these drugs, it's not very strange that you don't take them. So that doesn't prove anything at all. Uh, but I'm sure still that this study will be quoted by proponents of homeopathy uh, for, for times to come as a evidence that it works. But uh, read uh, Ed Sardern's uh, um, analysis of this. It's on his blog and we will link to it. Yeah, but there are other ways um, that uh, people are fooling themselves for uh, looking for effective treatments. And uh, what if that uh, they're looking a treatment for is actually cancer? I came across this uh, new thing. It's not very new, actually, uh, but uh, it has made its way to the US, and this is how we, we learned about it. The ORAC on uh, science blogs, and um, he writes a lot as uh, David Gorski on science-based medicine as well. So he wrote an, a, a lengthy article on um, a cancer therapy called Rigvir, and it's supposed to be a cancer cure that is based on a viral therapy. So, you know, the idea is that uh, you, you introduce a virus to the system that, that kills the cancer cells. And that is a hot, hot area right now. So it's, it's, it's pretty good. That's, that, that's the idea. But um, actually he started looking for the background of this uh, medicine turns out that it's it originates from latvia oh no oh so yeah <laughs> is rigvir is that short for uh, riga and virus well i'm pretty sure it is <laughs> ah there we go i'm pretty sure it is and but the thing is that it has been so successfully marketed in latvia um, that uh, the International Virotherapy Center uh, has, a, has a Latvian chapter and it, they list it as a prescription anti-cancer drug. Mm. Even though when um, it's, it's fascinating how much work uh, uh, Gorski put in this. So he actually checked out all the publications that, have, uh, that are available on this. Not very convincing, I have to say. So um, I'm not going to go into a lengthy um, explanation. I do recommend you read uh, the, the article because it turns out that the only article uh, that is that scientifically has any merit uh, was published in Latvian. And, 
and um, it's still there. Um, the basic criteria have not been met. One of them being the, the blind testing, mm-hmm. which is just a blow to the whole thing. So it's uh, when when you when you know you got the drug, it works. Okay. <laughs> yeah, obviously. What? And um, the mechanism um, is not standing on very strong legs either. And the way they marketed it is is exactly how um, um, cancer quackery is usually marketed. So that's 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 a sign that makes you suspicious as well. So he concludes that it's probably most likely a cancer quackery and not, not a real cancer cure. Mm. So um, I would advise everyone to to read through it. It's 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 pretty long but it's worth having a look a deeper look and especially if you come come across it um, and someone in your family um, is suffering from cancer yeah it's better to be knowledgeable about that before you come across something like uh, like what i mentioned hmm. because if it's if it's really just uh, just quackery then no one should take it we, we're back in the UK now again with our friends from Good Thinking Society. I just want to um, remind people or tell people who didn't know there is a, an important public consultation currently in progress about NHS uh, homeopathy funding. And I know we've linked this before, but because the deadline is coming up on October 21st, uh, I'm giving the last shout out and also a shout out to organizations, charities or medical experts or skeptical groups, any skeptical groups, and we know many, that uh, can and would like to write um, and um, making uh, like a, a more of a uh, official uh, statement to write to, to uh, NHS um, of England. And we will link the uh, email address, but it is england.medicine at nhs.net. So if you do that before 21st and uh, let your views be known about the uh, homeopathy funding, um, it will contribute to this uh, consultation and hopefully will be stopped. Well, that's what we're hoping anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, here we go. Yeah, that can be a very good example. If that is that is done, that is achieved to all of us yeah. to follow. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, moving on to another very important segment. That is to see who has been really wrong lately. Yes, and this time we go to Denmark, where you can uh, apparently be registered as an alternative quack. But it sounds better than that in the local language, I guess. So when you register, it doesn't actually say that you're a quack. It doesn't say that on the badge you get. It should. <laughs> too bad. Too bad it should. <laughs> it should. That would, would have been uh, actually a way of, of helping. <laughs> uh, there are, uh, in Denmark, uh, a lot of political forces are now promoting the R-A-B, which is short for, well, it's a Danish abbreviation, but it's short for Registered Alternative uh, Practitioner. And this used to, this so this is something that is sanctioned by the authorities. It used to be handled by the National Board of Health in Denmark. They issued these, uh, uh, and that was bad enough, but now... Uh, the system has in several steps been moved further away from the National Board of Health and is now basically handled by the alternative organizations themselves. Uh, And they are now 
uh, if you are in m more than 30 people, you can register uh, an alternative organization or an organization that promotes alternative promotions. And then you have a say in this new board of who gets these uh, badges of RAB. Uh, and complaints are, if you have a complaint as a, as a patient and you complain about uh, the treatments, it gets handled by the same organization. So it's internally handled by the same organizations that are promoting things like homeopathy, uh, the German new medicine. We've talked about that before. They have something called meta healthcare or something when you translate it, which is also, you know, apparent quackery. So th this is a problem because if you have a, you know, a, a registration with apparently it looks like the authorities are behind it. In this case, the, the, the National Board of Health, it, it gives, it legitimizes your, your bullshit, basically. And this is something that really is not at all good. I think it's better not to... We have a similar thing in Sweden, actually, where you... Uh, uh, chiropractics and uh, uh, napropaths, not to be confused by with naturopaths, but napropaths and chiropractics get... Uh, uh, registered with the Swedish authorities. And that gives it a... Legitimacy, which it doesn't really, sh shouldn't really have. But in Denmark, it seems to, it's even worse because anybody with more than 30 people in the organization can be part of this process and then issue, uh, you know, diplomas. No, not diplomas. What do you call that? Uh, a badge or whatever to, to people who, who uh, promotes or does this alternative treatments. Mm -hmm. So not good at all and uh, for letting quacks issue these RAB registrations themselves as well as handle any potential complaints of maltreatments the Danish authorities today gets the prize for being really wrong amazing yeah. another well deserved yeah. really wrong prize i would like to give a, re a small really right prize as well to to Jan Lindebjerg Okay. Who is a medical doctor from Vele Hospital in, in Denmark who criticizes and describes this practice uh, in, in a blog post uh, that I, we will uh, link to. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well done. So if you hear about something similar, if you hear about heroes who would deserve a really right prize or someone Villains. who is promoting mm -hmm. quackery, yeah. and yeah, we can put them on display as villains. Uh, please get in touch or with anything else if you want to uh, let us know about what you think of the show or uh, have any suggestions please get in touch with us yes you can do this via various uh, ways for example you can email us our email address is info at theesp.eu um, you can find us on twitter twitter handle at espodcast underscore eu um, you can like us on facebook send direct message there or you can go to our website, which is theesp.eu, and complete a contact form. Also, if you get our podcast on iTunes, please don't forget to leave us a good review. Hmm. And please check out our events in Europe page on theesp.eu, where you can see everything that's going on in Europe. Uh, it's been currently filled up to the end of November, but we keep on uh, adding new events there, so you'll be aware. 
And uh, when you are on the web page, why don't you just uh, click on the donate button and send us a few euros? That would be much appreciated. Thank you very much. And to really close the show, I'd like to ask you, Yelena, to uh, present a quote. Yeah. Hit us with a quote. I will do. He- I will hit you with a quote, and it's not just a quote; it's a quote of a quote. And it's Ooh, uh, nice. Somebody, <laughs> <laughs> somebody called Emma Goldman, who was born in in Lithuania uh, and was an anarchist political activist and writer, said, "Someone has said that it requires less mental effort to condemn than to think." And I think it's one of, I haven't really thought about it in this particular words, but that's always what I'm thinking about when when I see yet another fake news story or misinformation that's been spread by um, anti-scientific organizations and views. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, very true. (laughs) That quote of a quote thing reminded me of... uh, (laughs) Uh, something that Mark said the other day, Mark Edward. Yeah. Uh, uh, we are we are together on this uh, tour, and but he couldn't recall who the the quote was from, and he said that we we saw a couple of weird things along the way, and he said that well, art is whatever you can get away with. <laughs> so <laughs> I really like that quote. <laughs> All right, Yelena and Pontus. Thank you very much for joining me today. Thank Thanks you. a lot. Thank you, guys. I hope you both feel better. Andres, you get be you get to be more rested, and Pontus, you will be not sick again. <laughs> I will do my best. Yeah, I'll do my best, but I, it's not very likely to happen anytime soon. But I can't wait to see you again soon at yes. Just yeah. two indeed, weeks. and we'll hang out again, and we have no sleep again, but we'll have fun again. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Okay, so thanks to our listeners as well for uh, tuning in today. Until next week, goodbye. Bye, guys. Bye, listeners. Goodbye. <laughs> Join us at the third Denkfest Science Festival in Zurich in early November. How did discoveries in astronomy shatter our worldview? How rationally can we really think with our brains? Was the Reformation a necessary predecessor to the Enlightenment? And does Islam need a reform? How does a homeopath cope when she realizes that the discipline she studied can't keep its promises? 20 talks and panels on these and other questions from 2nd to 5th of November. As an ESP listener, you get a 10% discount with the code DF-FRIENDS. Students and individuals without income get 25% off. See denkfest.ch for details. This has been your ESP experience. The show is produced and recorded by the ESP.eu. Join us again next time, but until then, please send your feedback, comments or death threats to info at theesp.eu. We would also love to hear your ideas and suggestions regarding future episodes, as well as news from your country of residence that might interest others across the continent. If you have a local event or organization to promote, please don't hesitate to let us know, as we are more than happy to help. 
All music in the program was written and performed by Keisha J. Gray and George Schraub and is used with their permission. Please check out our webpage at www.theesp.eu, follow us on Twitter at espodcast underscore eu and like us on Facebook. I don't know how you can believe. Yeah, it's a little bit echoey, but it sounds okay, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I can hear hitch. Oh, and yeah, of I can hear, you can hitch hear the too. fucking hitch. Oh my god, guys. Oh, sorry, that's completely off topic. I'm not going to go there. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I was going to go I was going to go on about hitch for a bit, but I'm not. It's fine. No. <laughs> Just for your information, I'm not going to say siesta. Oh. What? I'm going to say buongiorno. Uh, okay, okay. I think uh, we can handle it. Okay, that's but fine. It'll throw us off though. Okay. Yeah, I just, I, yeah, I just didn't want it to to cause any any disturbances in force and. Okay. <laughs> May the force be with you. Whatever. Yep. Allora. And um, back, going back, getting back. Oh, fuck. <laughs> good news, good news, guys. This this seg. Uh, start again. Um, I want to <laughs> talk. There's no who. I haven't written who. So why do I say who? I'm trying to read word for word and I put in words that are not there and then the rest of the <laughs> sentence doesn't make sense. I'm going to kill myself. Don't kill no, yourself. don't do that. Please don't, don't do that. After the show. After the show. <laughs> after the show. Take a homeopathic overdose. <laughs> not happy at all. I have to rewrite this because it's strange. I'll try not to read. not happy. Not happy at all. No. <laughs> <sighs>